After a week off, we are back, and there is plenty to talk about. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarza. What's cracking, man? Well, nothing much, Garrett. I was starting to wonder if we'd ever do another show again. It uh, feels like it's been a year since we've uh, since we've uh, recorded a show, and I think since it's been so long, I feel like you owe everyone an explanation for why we were gone so long. Um. Oh, is is regard to uh, I got hit in the face pretty hard the <laughs> other day playing soccer. Some guy didn't like me bodying up on him, so he decided to hit me with an elbow on a corner. So. I, I was a little out of it when Ivis and I tried to do a show the other day. So so my apologies to everyone. So are, are you gonna need me to go to Phoenix and take care of this guy? Let me know, man. No, you dude. Know? The guy was just, you know, it's it's like a co ed game and you know, I'm sure everyone listening to the show, I'm sure some people play in adult soccer and you always have those guys who just they treat it like the World Cup and you know <laughs> there's just there's just there's just people out there. There's just there's mean people out there. Weekend right? weekend weekend warriors. Uh, yes. yes, I like right. bodied up on him. He's like, Don't touch me. I'm like, Well then what am I supposed to do on a corner? I don't know. Well, Point let is me know. he hit me let with me an know. elbow. It hurt. Well let, listen, if you need me to come down there, you know I will. I'll get on a plane, I'll come down to Phoenix and I'll handle business. I'm you know fine, I, dude. I can take okay. I can take care of myself. <laughs> All right, man. Just making sure. I'm fine. I'm not that tiny. You know, everyone's not thinking like, oh, you know, poor Garrett. He's 5'4". Can't can't take care of himself. Uh, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. <sighs> Anyways, Ivis, we're back. Plenty to talk about on today's show. Uh, lots to go over because, you know, we haven't had a show in over a week. You know, we got to talk just some general soccer, Q&A, MLS Week 29, general Major League Soccer news. Before we get to all of that, the thing that we need to talk about is the rebranding of the Major League Soccer logo. It came out yesterday. Varied opinions on both sides. I've seen some people really hate it. I've seen some people say, eh, it's not too bad. But the more important thing, I have is people want to know, what is your opinion on the MLS logo? Well, I think people who follow me on Twitter already know my opinion on it. But for those who missed it, I'm not a fan uh, at all of the logo. I would say my from my first impression of it to now, I I get it a little more, and it's mm-hmm. it, it's still not great. It's still not great. And and just to clarify, and at no by no means did I say that the Leafs should keep the old logo, even though I'd grown used to it, and, and it's kind of been around forever, and it's like synonymous with the league. I understand the need for a change. Um, I just don't like. I just don't think the logo that they came up with was all that good, and. Uh, I, I totally understand that that uh, it's that it's a diverse logo and you can do different things with it and they 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 have the different color coordinated combinations to go with each team's uniform and all that. I get all that. I get all that. Uh, I just don't like it. And 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 the big thing for me, like the whole the little tail that it has on it, I get it. Supposed I get that it's to differentiate it from maybe a team shield, but. I think I think if you took that little tail off, it probably would cut down on the criticisms of it by probably 30 percent. I think. Yeah, you know it's it's you know when you, when you read the description of it and, and you kind of saw you know where they're going, I, I, the tail thing I guess doesn't bug me that much, but the whole the stash at a, at that angle, it's a rising league. I mean, what happens when? You know, let's say the league does achieve top five status. In, you know, two thousand twenty-two. I mean, are they going to replace the logo because the league's no longer rising? It's established. That's how I kind of saw it, and I'm in the same boat as you. Where I, when I first saw it, I was like, "Man, that, that is horrible." And then 
once I saw it on on the teams because you know you have the, the te- you know I'm sure people have seen this but they have it where each team has a different you know color co- coordination for the respective colors. Then I saw it, and I was like, okay, that's not too bad. But the other thing is, is I'm looking at it as you want the kind of the Central League logo to be a central thing. I mean, you don't you don't see the other leagues in America or, or you know leagues in in Europe where that where they're you know the league's crest changes colors for that respective team but i don't know man the stars i I don't get what's going on with the stars and and to me my thoughts on it it looks like one of those fifa generated logos that's in the video game when they don't have the license to like the italian league or the brazilian league and they have to make like some generic logo that's what it looks like to me yeah i mean yeah it's not great it's not great and it, it i did find it a little hilarious that you know obviously they have this whole detailed explanation for what everything in the logo means and it all sounds just a little fake it sounds like it's honestly i feel like when i was reading the stuff that kind of explained it all it's like i read it in will ferrell's voice in my mind like like (laughs) like like it was all just made up it's like and the and the plain white here is represents the snow of of potential future mls cups in december like it's just completely it all it all seemed a little completely just contrived um, now I'm going to give it a shot. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we're stuck with it, right? And we're going to get, we're going to have to get used to it. And, and, and full disclosure, I have not, I can't remember the last logo that I knew, the last new logo that I actually liked. So maybe I'm just predisposed to not like logos, uh, you know, and maybe I'm not alone in that, but you know, say sporting Kansas city's logo. I didn't like it when it came out. I've, I've, I've gotten used to it and, and, and it, I'm cool with it now. It's, 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 it's a perfectly fine logo now. I didn't like it at the time when it came out. Uh, San Jose's logo, I know a lot of people ripped it. I didn't. I, I wasn't particularly fond of it. Mm-hmm. Every people have just gotten used to it. Even though now MLS, the MLS logo is looks a lot like the yes, San Jose it logo. Does. Um, but you know what? We, at the end of the day, we're just gonna have to get used to it. And and it, it, over time, it'll just kind of blend in. It'll just blend in, and and it won't be a big deal. But you know what? If anything, you got to give the league a little credit. They definitely stirred up some buzz. They uh, <clears throat> Thursday was was a big day as far as attention for the league, uh, all, all across social media platforms with all the different hashtags, like explaining the MLS logo. Which, if you haven't seen the hashtag, it was pretty hilarious. There was some great stuff there, but uh. You know what? It's 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 it, the whole one of the big points of it is to signal a new era. And from that standpoint, I'm totally with them. Uh, you want to do something to signal new, the, the new era. I just don't know if the logo was all that great. Last that, that, that one point I do want to make. Yeah. And, and it, uh, early on, it was like 90 percent negative. The reaction like on on Twitter and everywhere else that I look now, we did a poll on SBI asking uh, our, our readers what they thought of the logo. And I, I thought the voting breakdown was pretty interesting because it was pretty close to even uh, between those who loved it or liked it and those who didn't like it and hated it. So it's a pretty even split, and there's obviously a lot of people who are indifferent about it. Uh, it seems like there are more people who hate it than love it, but it's not universally despised as 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 you might have thought if you were on Twitter yesterday it's it's not it's not that cut and dry that everyone hates it so it it, based on that it tells me you know what maybe they didn't do that bad a job if if it's kind of you're not going to please everybody i can't imagine a logo that would make uh, everybody happy because everyone has their own kind of opinions on how logos should look and all that so you know what at the end of the day i'm sure we'll all get used to it uh looking at the results for the poll 17 percent hate it 28 percent don't like it 21 are different 27 like it and only five percent love it and that's about two thousand people who voted so 
Oh well, you know what? It's it looks like overnight the uh, uh, the stats have swung towards disliking it. So I stand corrected. It it it, it does seem like a, a decent amount more, which was is more like what I thought it would be. I thought it would be more like a sixty forty split of of those who don't like it to those who like it. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I for me personally, I can't get how people say they they love it. I just I that I it boggles my mind. I, like if you want to say yeah, you know what? It, it's okay. I don't really care. It's it's whatever. Then I get that. But if, for those who are like, oh, I love it. This thing, oh, the tail is amazing. The the white space. <laughs> uh, I mean, like really? I mean, part. I mean, in one in some ways, it looks like it's incomplete. It looks like. It, it, like someone, you know, they didn't save the final version and they submitted the 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 un, unfinished uh, version. But we'll see how it looks over time. I'm sure we'll all get used to it, and 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 maybe maybe 20 years from now, uh, they want to change it again, and everybody like, no, don't change the logo. So you know, who knows? We'll see. Well, I'm looking at a picture here, Don Garber and some other guy signing it in the background, and it's oh, you know, it's overblown, so it's about you know taller than Don Garber. You know, it's on a wall when you walk in, and like. I, from just from looking at this picture, I mean, it's on your website. People want to see, it, but it just it doesn't look impressive. It doesn't stand out. It kind of blends. All right, in. all right, all right. I'm just let's saying, though. I mean, well, you've already miss, said you've already said let's move on because it's Garrett, frustrating. Garrett, let's let's move on. We've already talked about it. I'm frustrated. Um, well, that, that's that's a whole other subject. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of frustrating things, if you are a Chivas USA fan, I'm sure you're not pleased to hear this news that did come out this week. Um, there are hints and rumors coming out that Chivas USA may possibly take 2015 off as the group looks to find a new ownership group. I'm sorry, as it's transition to a new ownership group. Excuse me. Uh, Ivis, uh, thoughts on this, man? Do you think it's a good move for Chivas USA to sit out as they transition? Well, it really depends on the ownership group. Uh, just to clarify the point, the reports uh, that are out, what they have stated is that this is a possibility. This is an option. It's not done. It's not definitely happening, but it's on the table. So I, I think, you know, people need to kind of, uh, before they go a little too crazy on, oh, how are they already pulling this off? How are they already doing it? It's not done yet. It's not a done deal yet. Actually, uh, ESPN had a report this morning laying out that it, it, it's not a done deal, uh, that it's going to, that the team's going to take a year off. But you can understand if, a, if an ownership group comes in, uh, puts down a hundred million dollars to buy an, an LA team, and 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 they don't want to be associated at all with 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 what's going on with Chivas USA. Have them take a year off. I get that, but I mean, for me, I think it's a little. Uh, what do you do? Like, what do you do with the players? Do you completely tear apart that roster and, and just have them go into a dispersal draft? Like, well, that that it, there's a lot of questions there. It, it, it's not going to be as simple as maybe some people think it'll be. Um, obviously, you have. Although to be fair, you wonder how many of the Chivas USA players are going to be uh, chased after <clears throat> by other MLS teams. Obviously, Dan Kennedy is one, and you know there, there's a few others as well. But um, I, I, it's it's gonna it's gonna be up to the the owner that steps up and puts down a hundred million. If, if an, whoever comes in and and spends a hundred million dollars for that L, mm. LA team. If they want to take a year off, if they want to kind of distance themselves, who can blame them, right? And at the end, I don't think anyone's going to miss uh, Chivas USA. It's obviously tough for the fans of the team. And yes, Joe, uh, yeah, we we hear all the jokes. You're not funny. We know they have fans. They really no, yes, they have fans. Uh, not as many as other teams, but they have those fans, and you feel for those people who are not going to have a team next year. And obviously, mm-hmm. they're not they're not going to go suddenly become Galaxy fans. So. 
but you know what? It's the it's the price of doing business, and uh, if if that's what it takes for MLS to get a strong ownership group, a committed ownership group in LA, then it needs to happen. And and I'm I'm one of the people who definitely believes LA can handle two teams, and LA absolutely can have two strong teams with two with two strong fan bases, unique fan bases. Anyone who's not who if you haven't been to LA and you don't know the lay of the land, LA is huge. Mm-hmm. And and the Galaxy are pretty much based in southern LA and uh if you put a team north of there, there's plenty of real estate up there to 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 kind of, you know, build your niche. And that's why I think that's why I think there's so much interest now in buying that team. And, you know, the clock is ticking on all this, too. You know, if a new owner does want to come in and, and rebrand the team, it's, you know, they're not going to have much time with this offseason to kind of turn things around with that. And I've also heard people say, oh, move, you know, Chivas USA to Sacramento. You know, that's a little too soon to move Chivas USA to Sacramento, you know, at this late of the season to to cut down, you know, and have them become a major league soccer team, you know, going into next season. So the clock is ticking, Ivis, and, you know, the you know, decision is going to have to be made here probably within the next, you know, month or two. Yeah, I don't know when it's going to happen, but uh, it's going to happen soon. And and it's not based on everything we hear. It's not a done deal. It's not it's not guaranteed. Uh, based on the ESPN article today, it sounds like it's on the table. But when you're hearing things like less than a thousand people uh, have attended, there's been matches where there were fewer than a thousand fans. No one's surprised by that, but it kind of hits you in the face when you see these stats and you hear these numbers. So uh, it, it it makes complete sense why someone would want to do that. At the same time, you, you kind of hope that an ownership group can step in right away, just take the roster it has, uh, and then and then move the team right away. Because um, I, I really think that would be just the easier thing to do. But we'll we'll see how that works. Well, if you're keeping score at home, if Chivas USA does not play next year with the two new teams, Orlando and New York, the league will be at 20 teams. What Chivas USA 21 teams. Um, Earlier this week, Ivis, you were there. The U.S. Open Cup final was in Philadelphia. Seattle Sounders went out, defeated Philadelphia 3-1. to It was a very exciting game. Philadelphia had a few chances, especially at the uh, late of the game. I believe it was uh, uh, Vincent O'Gara had an opportunity to to give Philadelphia the you know, potential victory in stoppage time. That failed, but Obi-Fay Martins comes off the bench. and Look, he's just on another level, and Seattle goes out, defeats uh, Philadelphia Union 3-1, to and Seattle does what they do, man, win U.S. Open Cup finals. Well, look, Philly had a great chance early on. First half, they were the be- for me, they were the better team. Uh, they weren't able to build enough, build up a strong enough lead, a big enough lead. And once Obafemi Martins came in, that really changed the game, uh, really balanced things out and really energized the Sounders. And you have to give them credit. They're a strong team. They're stacked. They're so dangerous in the attack, especially when Martins and Dempsey start doing their thing. So uh, open cup number four for them. And for the union, it's obviously a di- disappointing, uh, disappointing night at PPL Park. But they... Have done. Uh, they did a great job. I mean, I thought when you think about number one, the crowd, PPL Park. I was there that Tuesday, uh, on Tuesday night. The crowd was amazing. I know the attendance figure announced was something like fifteen thousand, but let me tell you, it might have been announced as fifteen thousand. But that's the best atmosphere that I have I have seen at a Union game since I've been covering the team. And and we're talking, they've been there five years now. Uh, that's number one. Number two, the team played really well. The team really took it to Seattle, went toe-to-toe with them. They've been playing really well uh, since Jim Curtin has taken over. And that's another one of the big talking points uh, about the union right now is who is going to be the coach of the union. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, by all accounts, when you look at his track record so far as interim coach, Jim Curtin should get the job. But the union, as I've written about quite a bit uh, lately, uh, they're still stuck on the 
the history of the team and, and them giving the job to, to John Hockworth after he had a nice run as an interim coach and maybe they don't want to uh, make the same mistake twice. Uh, but Jim Curtin's track record is significantly better than Hacksworth's uh, was as interim coach, and and you just get a sense that he's done such a great job. I know he's a young coach, uh, but now when you talk about reports that Rennie Mullenstein is is a possibility uh, to to be hired by uh, by uh, the union, you kind of ask yourself, haven't we been down this road with the foreign coach situation, the foreign coach thing? I'm not here to say that no foreign coach could ever come here and do well, but Rennie Mullenstein isn't exactly a guaranteed thing. It's one thing if Roberto Martinez shows up at the door. You're going to give him a job because he's a genius. He's a, he's a really good coach. But what has Rennie Mullenstein done? That's what I don't get. I don't get why why there's this whole courtship of a guy whose whose resume is not even that impressive. So if you're going to go, if you're going to try to challenge the the established track record of foreign coaches failing in this league, do it with a guy with a better resume. That's all I'm saying. So for me, I would give Jim Curtin the job. But it seems like the union. Uh, they don't want to give him a job, and I will say this one last thing for Union fans who are kind of in the, they're they're kind of stuck in the middle as well, and they don't know what they uh, they don't know whether they want to back Curtin or not. I would say this: Listen, if Jim Curtin goes into this offseason without a, without a deal to be the head coach, he might not he might not come back even as an assistant. Even though I know the Union have offered him that, there's no guarantees. And if he goes into the offseason uh, without that head coaching job with the Union, who's to say someone might not look at what he did during his time with the Union? And offer him a job. I mean, the Chicago Fire aren't exactly lighting it up right now. And Jim Curtin obviously was was a great player for them for so many years. Mm-hmm. So anything's possible. So I think you know what you run the risk if you play around too much as the union. You run the risk of losing losing a guy who's shown quite a bit as a coach. You know, if he won the U.S. Open Cup this past week, do you think he would have been locked in for the manager? Oh, he would. Uh, he they would have had to give him the job. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the uh, you know you kind of disappointing part for 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 him is that it's like he 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 has to know he probably got the job. And I thought it was impressive to Siggy Schmidt after the game, uh, giving Jim Curtin uh, major props and saying you know what if it were up to him he'd give him the job. And uh, I, I I will say this: I wrote a piece two weeks ago talking about the the, the the trend of young coaches getting hired, nonetheless, and how it might be the end of that trend after the Ryan Nelson fiasco. And it needs to be clarified that Jim Curtin has put some years in as an assistant. Not to say he's put in 10 years, but he's got experience. He's played a, he played a decade in MLS. He knows the league. He's a very cerebral guy. Uh, and, and just seeing him work with this group, with a, this young group, and to get as much as he's gotten out of this young group, uh, it's it's impressive. It's impressive. So you know, for me, I hope he I hope he gets the job because I think he deserves it and I think he'll do a good job. Uh, but at the same time, I'm curious to see if the union really hire Rennie Mullenstein. For me, I think that's a disaster waiting to happen. Especially if, as I've heard rumored, like I've, I've had sources tell me, Rennie Mullenstein wants to bring the big staff. He wants to bring in his own technical director from Europe. And now, like number one, I didn't know, realize the union all of a sudden had all this kind of money to hire a huge staff, hire a, a foreign technical director. If they hire Mullenstein as their head coach and they hire a, t- a foreign technical director, they're going to fail. They're going to fail miserably because you got to have somebody who has some chops when it comes to experience putting a team together in MLS, experience with the league rules, uh, as, as much as anyone knows what the hell the rules are. Uh, you need some some experience somewhere. And you know what? If they, if they hire an all-foreign group, I think they're going to struggle big time. Moving it closer to your neck of the woods, the new New York franchise, Ivis is turning its attention to Queens. I, I don't know New York's geography that well to, to elaborate on this. So is this a good move for them to be looking at possibility of a stadium in Queens? 
Uh, it's so tough to say. Uh, New York is such a tough nut to crack, and you know, it, it started out with Queens for for uh, for the uh, second New York team, and they struggled to to find anywhere to put it. So it's not a given. It's not a given. Uh, they need to be in the five boroughs. I think that much is established. There had been talk about Westchester and, and all that uh, possibility. They have to be in the five boroughs, and if if the Bronx really is. Uh, a no go, uh, then Queens Queens would make a lot of sense. I mean, I, you're not going to put a stadium in Manhattan. You can't afford that. There's no land. Uh, and, and then where else is there? Brooklyn. Obviously, Brooklyn has been talked about for for, for stadiums in the past. Mm-hmm. And and I don't know what the Barclays Center has that necessarily make made people want to have another sports facility in in Brooklyn. I don't know if that's going to happen. So they need to have it somewhere. And and, and this is, it's going to be an ongoing thing. And, and and at a certain point, the owners of New York City FC are going to have to whip out the huge wallet and make it happen because they you know if anyone can make it happen it's their owners because they have all the money in the world keeping it on the theme of expansion talk and moving over to california major league soccer officials i've met with the sacramento republic officials also the mayor of sacramento possibility of them moving up to major league soccer you had some sweet renderings on sbi everyone can check that out go to soccerbiovis.net check out those renderings of their possible stadium but ivis it's crazy to think man just two years ago sacramento not on the radar and just like that they're talking possibility of moving up to major league soccer they're definitely pushing hard, and, and you have to like their chances. I, I, considering the success they've had there uh, and how aggressive they're being, it, it, it is very reminiscent of Orlando City. Uh, and, and when you think about they actually have had even more success uh, as a team than Orlando City did in terms of you know, b- uh, drawing huge, fan, uh, huge crowds to their games. Uh, it's hard to not see them as a possibility and hard not to see them being a success, especially with when you talk about having the backing of the Kings, uh, the, the NBA Sacramento Kings are involved. And obviously, the, uh, the when you talk about Kevin Johnson, former Phoenix Suns star, who's now the mayor of Sacramento, he's fully behind it. So everything's in place. For them to pull it off, and and you know, if you had asked me six months ago, I wouldn't have even thought of Sacramento uh, at all. And now, you, if you ask me, I think they're almost. Uh, if 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 MLS is going to get to twenty eight teams, Sacramento is definitely a tw- one of the twenty eight mm-hmm. teams. And right now, they're looking pretty good to grab one of those last spots uh, to make the twenty four. Yeah, it's crazy. It just goes to show, man, what, what that fan support does for a team. Uh, other Major League Soccer news, Bruce Arena got fined $20,000 for making comments about the Galaxy's effort to acquire Sasha Kleschen. Uh, Arena said forces within the league worked hard to make sure that didn't happen. And then he had some other interesting quotes. If you want to go check those out, uh, check them out. But, uh, I mean, look, Bruce Arena, I was calling out the league for something that I think everyone knew. Fined $20,000. Thoughts on that? Well, his criticism when you go at when you go after the league. First, let me say, no, no one's saying he the things that he said were wrong. Uh, the things that he said seem pretty accurate of as far as the, the state of yeah. the league and and the things that are allowed or not allowed. And, and obviously, Garber is in his response. He was pretty specific about the things that he felt were misrepresented, uh, misrepresented from Bruce Arena, and, and basically, it came down to. Garber laid it out where, where MLS wasn't going to allow the Galaxy to bring in Sasha Kleschen on what was essentially just a short loan. And anyone who follows the league closely and knows the the, 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 the lay of the land, M- MLS doesn't do super short loans. They do loans with options to buy. And if the team, the team had the team in the league have to have the ability to to turn that uh, turn a loan into a bigger deal. And the implication from Garber is that that wasn't part of the deal that 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 the Galaxy had proposed. I find that hard to believe because, A, 
the galaxy know that rule. They know the rules about loans and options. And how would they try to present that? And more importantly for me, they traded Kofi Apare, a talented, impressive, young central defender. They traded him to to, to be able to get Sasha Kleston. Are we really supposed to believe that they traded a young, a talented central defender to to rent Sasha Kleston for six months? Really? That makes zero sense to me. It, it makes significantly more sense if they make that deal because they want to have Sasha Kleston be a long-term uh, option on, uh, for their team. So it, 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 are we ever going to know wh- what the true story is? Probably not. But at, at the end of the day, Don Garber can only go by what he's told. It's not like Don Garber's the guy doing deals. It's not like Don Garber's the guy handling personnel decisions and, and negotiations and all this and that. He gets a report from his underlings, and they tell him what's going on, and then he presents that as gospel. Now, does it mean that what he's being told is legitimate and factual? No, not at all. So there could be some issues there as far as what really happened, what really didn't happen. So for me, we shouldn't assume, A, that Gar- what Garber said is the reality, or B, that what Arena says is reality. We won't know. But what we can do is look at what's established as the rules and ask ourselves, why would the Galaxy do try this and do this, and why would they trade away a player just to rent a Sasha Kleshton who they didn't even really need, right? If you think about it, I mean, he's a good player, but their midfield's fine. Their midfield is not a problem. And then they turned around and got Alan Gordon. He's been great, so it's actually worked out for them. So I I find it a little hard to believe uh, Garber's comments about the Galaxy trying to pull off this short loan for for Kleshton. That just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, I, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the comments that Bruce Arena said were kind of funny. People got to check those out, but I, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, moving over to possible of, of another fine, Michael Bradley did criticize the referees after last week's 1-1 draw that Toronto had. Uh, Major League Soccer's are viewing this one. I mean, obviously, what do you, I mean, possibility that Michael Bradley is also going to get fined too? Well, you know, as of last night, my sources told me that he had not been fined. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see what, what happened there. I mean, I you know, all, all I'd say is if he isn't fine, that would be very interesting because he he didn't hold back. He didn't hold back one bit. So uh, we'll see. Maybe the maybe the league will, will maybe they took the comments to heart and, and realized that, yeah, you know, maybe we need to get better with our officials. Don Garber himself even said that the, uh, the, the referee blew the call that cost them Toronto those points, precious points, especially in the playoff race. I mean, they're fighting for their lives in the playoff race. And they had two points snatched away from them. So if you're MLS, as much as you want, you might want to find Michael Bradley right now, you have to look at it and say, well, can we really blame him when the referee clearly cost them two points? And Garber has gone on record saying he admits, he acknowledges that they, the referee made the mistake. So you know what? Maybe he won't get fined. So and and I don't know if anyone can really be that upset about that. No, uh, well, I have tons of big matchups this weekend. Speaking of the playoff race, the biggest one this weekend: two teams fighting for that final spot in the Western Conference. Uh, as a lot of teams start pulling away, Vancouver and Portland. That game will be held in Portland, who's on a great run of form, undefeated in their last four matches in all competitions. Last time these two teams met, Portland went up to Vancouver, smoked them. 3-0. to zero. Uh, Look, this is a huge game. Lots of playoff implications. Vancouver's schedule does not get any easier after this. This is a game where Vancouver, looking at their schedule, they need all three points in this match. But Ivis Portland flying high. Things looking really well for them. Think they'll take care of business this weekend against Vancouver? Well, are they flying high? <laughs> they stumbled a bit last week. Uh, but having said that, Portland won pretty handily in Vancouver the last time these teams met. Uh, the thing is, this year... Portland has not been great at home. 
their defense at home is like unbelievably awful. So that kind of that kind of makes it, it's it, it's a case of the movable force against the movable object because Vancouver's offense has been pretty stagnant for a while now. And Portland's defense can't stop anybody except except Vancouver. That's the one shutout they did get mm-hmm. uh, up in Vancouver. So w- what's it going to be? Is it going to be an ugly game? Is it going to be a lot of goals? I think it's going to be a pretty exciting game, but I think Portland's going to take care of business. I've been saying it for months. I'm not going to change now. Portland is going to get in the playoffs. But the way their defense is going, the way they and the way they're playing at home, you can't. You, you, it's hard to see them uh, going very far. You know, the, the interesting thing about the Portland is, is you know, you kind of have the, the same majority of the cast of characters that were back last year from 2013. And, and here's this team, you know, where you still have your leaders, Donovan Ricketts, Will Johnson, Diego Valeri, and, and yet they're still struggling for a playoff spot. I mean, what's kind of been the biggest difference between this team this year and what and what we saw last year? Uh, that's a good question. Well, one, Don Signagby uh, hasn't been played at the same high level. He's still a great player. He still shows flashes, but the guy can't find the net. And, and his his uh, this season, he's, he hasn't been able to find the net, and and that's kind of part of it. But that's not the biggest thing. The biggest thing is defensively. Defensively, they have been a shambles. And the uh, one player you want to talk about a player regressing, Pamoduka. Last year, Pamoduka stepped in. And was uh, one really one of the better uh, uh, acquisitions of the 2013 season. He was an outstanding central defender, a leader in the back for them, a rock in the back for them. And I'm sure Portland went into the offseason thinking, okay, we need to go get a, a, a possession center back, put him next to Pamodoka, we'll have our defense, it will be set. Two, two things went wrong there. Number one, the guy they went and got, Norberto Parparato. Uh, ended up being a disappointment. And number two, Pamuduka went from borderline, you know, all-star type player to absolutely terrible. Like he's really, I mean, he's had some awful, awful games, awful, awful mistakes. And he's he looks like a shell of the player we saw in 2013. And with that being the case and with them kind of struggling to, to, to get another center back, so now they're pretty, pretty much playing with two uh below par central defenders and and that's cost them so many games the attack is there the attack is producing goals valeri uh max rudy uh fernando adi has been a great pickup for them but you know what if you it doesn't matter if you score two goals or three goals if you're giving up two goals and three goals and four goals so uh that's why i think right now as as high as i was was on portland early on in the year beginning of the year uh I, i just i see them getting in the playoffs but i just don't really see them doing much because they can't stop anybody uh, Vancouver is another interesting team, though. They, they've had their ups and downs. They, they look great one game, the next game they look eh. But then when you look at their schedule, you, you have Portland for them. We also like after FC Dallas and Seattle Sounders. I mean, when you look at Portland's, if they lose this game, Ivis, is it kind of not not the final nail in the coffin? But I mean, look, it's it's going to be impossible climb for them to come back and be able to take points away from RSL, FC Dallas, and the Seattle Sounders. Well, I got to say, Vancouver, this is pretty much a, a, a must win for them. Uh, and, and I know it's tough, it's tough to say must win considering right now they're ahead of Portland and it's not like they would be that far behind Portland if they if they lose. But if they lose this game, I really think they give Portland the control. And like you said, the schedules, the way they break down for the rest of the, the rest of the season, it, it it's so tough for Vancouver. There's not going to be a lot of points for them uh, to make up. And so they, at least, you know, what, even if they get a draw, if they get a draw. There's maybe a little breathing room there, and, and, and they can hope that Portland stumbles. Uh, but for me, I think Vancouver has to win this game. And uh, especially, you know, they lost 3-0 in Vancouver to the Timbers. So if they lose this one, I mean, that's that's a sweep. 
And I think that's a momentum swing they're not going to be able to recover from. Moving over to the eastern side of the country, New York Red Bulls will play host to the Seattle Sounders. As as everyone knows, both teams had midweek games this past week. New York was able to rest most of their starters, where Seattle had to play most of their starters. New York also gets back Bradley Wright Phillips, and Tim Cahill is back. I have this New York at home. You have to like their chances going against a Seattle team that may be a little tired. Yeah, they've been. You know what? They've had some time to rest. It's not like they flew back to Seattle. Uh, they, they they have. If anything, they probably had a pretty nice celebration Tuesday night in Philly. Uh, but they, you know, they've been hanging out in New York uh, for a while. Actually, New Jersey. They've been hanging out uh, in New Jersey this week and uh, you know resting up and 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 getting ready for Saturday. It's going to be a good game. Uh, Seattle is on such a roll right now. Uh, they they will they, even with these days of rest. There's some, something to be said for fatigue being a factor because of the schedule, the way it's been for them, and then and them putting so many minutes on their their starters, uh, having played last Friday and then having played Tuesday, uh, two quick games of succession. I was talking to a Seattle player last night, uh, one of their starters who is uh, pretty banged up, and it, it sounds to me like he's not going to play. I'm not going to say who it is because you oh, know that, you're such no, a, you're such a tease. Well, no, I mean I'm just I'm just making the point that you know they're pretty beat up after that that stretch and and you know look it, 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 what ha- what happens at the party stays at the parties as far as names go so like you know whatever but right. it's going to be a good game uh the Red Bulls obviously are much better at home and they absolutely need to get 3 points as much as you know you can't expect 3 points against against the top team in the league all the time but they know they don't have much room forever uh so at least the draw but considering the way the the race is in the East, they mm-hmm. need to get the win. They need to get the win. I also should have mentioned that Roy Miller will be back in this game. But just, I mean, when you when you look at New York and, and kind of their back line, I mean, the biggest thing that's been rolling right now for Seattle has just been the play of uh, Obafemi Martins, also Clint Dempsey, just tearing apart uh, back lines, just with creative opportunities and stuff like that. I mean, what's New York going to have to do to shut these guys down to limit their chances? Uh, they just, well, they have to try to be able to keep the ball, and I think sometimes that's an issue for them. They can't just rely on trying to counterattack uh, and, get in, and getting into a back-and-forth battle with Seattle. The thing with Seattle, too, their defense isn't exactly a lockdown defense. Chances are going to be there. Uh, and that's why, for me, when you talk about MLS Cup favorites, Seattle right now, they're leading the Supporters Shield race. Uh, and they're definitely a contender, but are they the favorites? I think them and L.A. are kind of co-favorites. I like L.A.'s defense better. Uh, so th- this will be a good test for Seattle's defense to see how they handle Henri, uh, who's been playing obviously uh, really well. But w- big question for the Red Bulls: What do they have going on injury-wise? Terry Henri left that Philly game uh, last Saturday with 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 a bit of a, uh, I think whether it was a sore Achilles or uh, he had some issues. He had he had some issues as, as far as uh, you know. He that's why he came out of that match. And then you have Bradley White Phillips, obviously, who was hurt. Uh, didn't play in against Philly, so so you wonder where he is. If they don't have Phillips and if Henri can't give you a 90, it's going to be pretty tough to beat Seattle, in my opinion. A clash in the Western Conference pits LA Galaxy against FC Dallas in Los Angeles. This is the first of two meetings between these two teams here in the final stretch. Uh, if LA wins, Ivis, they'll be on terms with the Seattle Sounders. FC Dallas looking to avoid that fourth or fifth possible spot in the Western Conference. Two total different styles between these two teams. We've seen Dallas like to quick counterattack. LA Galaxy like to build a possession. What are you going to be watching for in this game? An opportunity for LA, I mean, to, to make a huge jump in the Western Conference if they can defeat FC Dallas. Right. Uh, I, they're not going to catch Seattle off of this because, uh, remember, Seattle does have a game in hand. But 
I, I think they need to win this one to keep the pressure on after a week that saw them drop some points against two teams. Most would have expected them to get point, full points again. Mm-hmm. I mean, against they had Montreal, they had San Jose. Uh, six points. Most people would have thought they would have got six points out of those. They only got two points, and that really has put a serious dent into their into their uh, supporter shield supporter shield chase. So, for me, FC Dallas is still a great team. Uh, even you know they they haven't been quite as dominant this past few weeks as as they were before uh, in August and early September. But there's still a handful. Fabian Castillo is still a lot to deal with. Yep. But I, but I think LA's I think LA's organization defensively. Uh, will, will help them deal with FC Dallas. I think it'll, it'll help them kind of neutralize them. Uh, so I think it'll be a pretty even game, but I'm going to have to go with El- the Galaxy in this one. I, I got to say, the, the schedule makers at MLS office did such a good job. Look at Galaxy's schedule. FC Dallas twice, and they close out the season with back-to-back matches against the Seattle Sounders. Oh, I, I, I love it, Ivis. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. And, and I uh, I actually, uh, today for, goal, for Goal.com, I, I put together a list of the top 10 uh, bet matches top ten best remaining ma- MLS matches of the regular season. Both those games are on there, and and not and not to do the spoiler, but uh, the the finale is right up there. Uh, it, it, when you think about the regular season finale in Seattle, Landon Donovan's last regular season MLS game, potentially DeAndre Edlin's last game regular season game for the Sounders, uh, and so that one and that one could that the supporter shield could be on the line for that. The number one seed in the West could be on the line for that. Uh, so schedule makers, great job having them play home and home at the end in what's kind of like almost a playoff series in its own. Uh, and it is interesting that in my top ten, my top ten game, top ten remaining games, four of them, four of them are Galaxy games, and obviously part of that is playoff related, and part of that is obviously Landon Donovan related. Let's not forget Landon Donovan is playing his last season. Uh, he's coming down to the end of his career, and for all you baseball fans out there who who've kind of been following the whole Derek Jeter countdown, Derek Jeter, a legend uh, for the Yankees, playing his final games, it's pretty similar in the Landon Donovan regard that every one of these last games is going to be a last chance to see him play. Mm-hmm. So it's going to make for must see TV. Uh, in the East, we're going to have Philadelphia playing host to the Houston Dynamo. Both of these teams desperately needing wins, more so the Houston Dynamo, who are who are kind of on the outside looking in. And for them, you kind of look at every game for them. It's a must win. And, you know, Houston, it's kind of working out for them, Ivis. They get to go and take on Philadelphia, who just lost the U.S. Open Cup. you got to hope that that loss plus fatigue plays into their favor. Giles Barnes is pretty hot right now. Uh, I mean, look, I, I think this is a good opportunity for Houston to go in and defeat Philadelphia Union. What do you think? Uh, you know, I I see that I see the I see the argument for that. Then uh, look, Houston Dom Kinnear, you know Dom Kinnear is going to have them ready. Uh, having said that, Philly they've shown me a lot, and and they they've shown me a lot in these last few weeks, and they showed me a lot on Tuesday night. And I think Dim, Jim Curtin's done a great job, and and of course it's not it's never easy to kind of get up off the mat after losing in a Cup final. Uh, but I think they're a young team, and they'll be able to put it behind them. They'll be able to refocus, and and I think they all realize. How much is at stake? How much is on the line for them? They have to get in the playoffs. They really do. Uh, if they don't get in the playoffs, Jim Curtin's not going to get that job, and, and they're probably going to shake up that roster. So you got a lot of guys who could be playing for their jobs uh, beyond 2014. So I, I think they're going to be focused. I think it's going to be a heck of a game, but I, I, you know, I want to. I kind of got to give Union the Union the edge playing at home. Really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they played well. They haven't, they haven't lost. And, let, and remember, let's not forget the Seattle, the Open Cup final uh, was in extra time. So uh, w- when you're talking about at home, they haven't lost at home in regulation in months. 
I mean, at least two months, maybe three months now. So True. They, it's not easy. It's not easy. So as well as Houston is playing, as much as Dom Kinnear's a genius, uh, I, I just feel like the Union are going to take uh, turn it around. You know, Houston's looking pretty good, undefeated in their last three matches. Last time these two teams met, Houston did defeat Philadelphia 2-0. to zero. That was in Houston. Uh, look, Houston has a lot of good things going for them in this game, and, and I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they win. Uh, Columbus, New England, these two teams will be taking on each other. Columbus is, is, is another team uh, that's fifth in the Eastern Conference. They, they need a victory because, you know, Philadelphia wins. If Toronto, both those teams are breathing down uh, their necks. New England has been looking good. They're slowly climbing back up that Eastern Conference. They're on a five-match winning streak. Uh, does Columbus have any chance this weekend? They have a chance. I mean, you, you have to give them a, a – they, they've had matches where they've looked really good. Uh, I don't know what the deal is with Pogatets, their new defensive signing. If he's going to definitely play, is he not going to play? But New England is on such a roll right now. The key for Columbus is dealing with Lee Wynn. Lee Wynn is playing, you could argue, is playing the best soccer in the league right now. Obviously, Fabian Castillo had his nice run where he was playing out of his mind. But right now, the way Lee Wynn is playing, he's he's almost been un, unguardable. Uh, uh, so in, can they cope with that? Jermaine Jones is he going to play? He's, I know he's got an ankle knock after getting uh, getting chopped down by a uh, uh, Malice at Montreal. Uh, there was a lot of talk after that game about Jermaine Jones pretty much calling out Malice and saying, you know, we'll see them again. And reading between the lines, I'm gonna, you know, like he's gonna have he's gonna have something for Malice the next time uh, next time they meet. But look, this is going to be a good game. We can't write Columbus off. They've had so many times where you looked at them and you thought, oh, they don't have a chance, and they come out and yeah. crush crush somebody. So. Uh, you got to give them a chance, but New England, the way they're playing right now, it's hard. H- how do you pick against New England the way they're playing right now? Uh, DC will be playing Chicago Fire. DC coming off the uh, midweek Concacaf Champions win. Chicago free for all. Uh, good opportunity, Ivis, for uh, for DC to continue to extend their lead in the Eastern Conference. D- DC, they they got to take all three points. I know it's tough in Chicago, but look, Chicago has to be toast by now. They got to be looking ahead to next season at this point. Mike McGee's out. Uh, I think DC should should win comfortably. Uh, Toronto playing Chivas USA, just just a very nice. Give me three points. Look, if Toronto can't beat Chivas USA, obviously they're not a playoff team. They they have to win this week. Five nil, two goals for Michael Bradley. Oh, okay, I like that prediction. And uh, and Montreal San Jose. Uh, look, these teams are out of the playoffs at this point. But thoughts Montreal, on this one? Montreal's playing really well. They've uh, uh, Ignacio Piatti has been great for them. I mean, just you just wonder what they what. What would have happened if they had him all season? I mean, probably, they'd at least be somewhat closer closer to the to the playoff conversation. But you know, they, they we're, we're going to talk Champions League next. But hey, they just beat the Red Bulls. Uh, it, they, they've been much better. They they gave LA all they could handle. So Montreal uh, showing some really good signs. And hey, Frank Frank Klopas had a rough year, but. The way they're finishing things out, it, it bodes well for them for the future. Uh, the final match of the weekend will be played on Friday night. RSL, Colorado. At this point, Colorado's out of it unless they go on an unbelievable run for RSL. This is a good opportunity to take three points and, uh, and be able to remain the top three in the Western Conference. As we've said in the past, RSL's remaining schedule is super easy, but they have to take care of business because you know what? If Seattle and L.A. beat, beat each other up enough down the stretch, mm-hmm. RSL could be – that dark horse that comes in late and snatches the top spot, their schedule is pretty easy down the stretch. So they could make, they could do it, they could do it, but they have to get uh, three points out of games like this. Look at you being the RSL homer. No, it's fact, man. Their schedule is very <laughs> favorable, and when you have Seattle and LA playing each other twice at the end of the season, they could very. I mean, you could end up having case where both teams drop points, and, and look, if they both tie, let's just say hypothetically, if LA and mm-hmm. Seattle tie. 
both those games. That's, you know, four drop points between the two of them. RSL could come from the back stretch and catch them at the at the tape and, and finish first in the West. It's not out of the realm of possibility, especially when you look at that RSL schedule. No, it's not at all. Uh, this past week, as we did mention a few times on the show, there was CONCACAF Champions League group play. All the Major League Soccer teams are doing pretty well. That also includes Montreal Impact, Ivis, who defeated New York Red Bulls 1-0, to Marco DeVaio, with the goal. New York, top of Group 3. They've won all three matches played. They're running away with it. Uh, look, they're going to be like D.C. I see them as D.C. next year. They're going to make a couple signings. They'll be first in the East next year. I kind of like this model teams are doing. Montreal is 3-0, right? Yes. Okay. Well, look, yeah, yeah, as we were just saying, man, Frank Lopez, they, they've done a good job. Uh, they're going to go into next season if Piatti sticks around. And it, we don't know what's going on with DeVaio. He might. There's talk of him going back to Italy. But, yeah, they're going to be a team to watch. And the Red Bulls, they're obviously in a tough spot. I'm sure they would love to put more into the Champions League. But they know they have to get into the playoffs. The MLS playoffs is the priority for them. So they had to rest, guys. They had to you know, play pretty much a B team uh, against Montreal. And now uh, you know, it, it's, it looks pretty, much, it, pretty tough for, for New York to catch Montreal. Yeah, and New York's not eliminated. They have two matches left. They have to win both matches. And, and then the, the tiebreaker thing is pretty confusing. But look, if you, New York, two matches left, still not eliminated, have an opportunity. Sporting Kansas City. Uh, they also won last night on Thursday night. Uh, they're first in their group. Things looking pretty well for them. DC also won too. So uh, I mean, I was th- things are going pretty well for teams right now. I mean, poor, uh, DC's top of the group. It looks like they're going to advance. Uh, Sporting Kansas City looks like they're going to advance too. So things are looking pretty well. Portland Timbers though, that's that's the other one. Ivis things aren't as easy for them as, as the other teams. But you know, I think we could see you know all four major league soccer teams move on to the next round. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I mean, you have to remember with the change in the format, uh, the the MLS teams have an easier road to get to the knockout rounds. Uh, it's no longer a four team group where they could end up in a group with a Mexican team and and then and then get tangled up in, in those kind of things. All you, MLS should have four teams in the knockout rounds based on the way things are laid out. So at this point, let's not. Uh, no one should be thumping their chest about what MLS is doing right now. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing, uh, considering. Uh, the money spent and and the quality that MLS has, the real test comes later. The real test comes in the knockout rounds when they play the Mexican teams and they need to show that they're really closing the gap. So right now, anything going on now, it, it, it's it, it's a given. So you know you can't you can't get too happy just yet. No, it, it, true, true, true. But you can acknowledge the fact that the teams are doing well, like you said, what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, moving over to other general soccer news. You know, some people are probably going to applaud this one. I thought he did well. Gus Johnson is moving on from, he will no longer be doing soccer on Fox. Uh, I enjoyed him, Ivis. I'm not sure your opinions, but uh, look, Gus Johnson's going to be going back to what he does best football and hopefully basketball. But it's, it, you know, it, it was nice to have him up there for a while calling games. Look, he, all right, I will say this guy's a professional, he's a hard worker. He, he definitely put his all into trying to learn the game. And trying to be, uh, you know, trying to study up on things and be ready for his broadcast. But at the end of the day, if you're not a soccer guy, you're not a soccer guy. If you're if you're not versed on who all the players are, if you're not versed on how to say these people's names, you're not versed on the history of the teams. Uh, it's hard to try to just soak that all in in short time if you haven't lived it for for decades to to, to just be to know what you're talking about. It's going to show. And that's what it sh- and I really and that's what it showed during Gus Johnson's time as a soccer broadcaster. It, it, it was clear to anyone listening that he didn't know 
the game. He didn't uh, the European game. I'm not talking about the X's and O's and uh, or, or the the technical side of things, but even just kind of the background, the the, the players, the the clubs, the countries. Like it, so that from that standpoint, it was always a little. It was always off. It, there was, it was always just a bit off listening to him. As great as he was calling a game at the end when things were getting exciting and, you know, the Gus Johnson effect, late goal, you know, thriller, that kind of thing, like he could definitely tap into his strengths in that regard. But for the average fan listening over the course of 90 minutes, mm-hmm. he just it, he just, it just wasn't great. And hopefully now... You know, Fox uh, go, turns to someone who can get the job. Someone who really will make soccer fans feel 100 percent like they, the the person they're listening to knows what they're doing. There talks. There's talk of Martin Tyler. Uh, personally, I'd love to see an American get a chance uh, to 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 be that guy, to be the main guy for the 2018 World Cup. I don't know if it's going to happen though. I think it, it sounds like they're going to probably go the English route again. Uh, and it does seem like eighty, like eighty percent of announcers in this country are, are, are British at this point. But uh, I, I'm, I, I think most soccer fans are are happy with this news. Why don't Why don't you do it, Ivis? Nah, why don't you do it? You're the, you're the, uh, you know. I think you should work on your game. I, I'm, the, I, the first couple things that you said has to have profound knowledge and has to be able to, to pronounce names correctly. Uh, that, yeah, that's, you know what? That, that's a that's a good point because because Lord knows if you Lord knows if you have to call a game where Juan Agudelo is playing, then it's going to be a wrap. Not, I, I say <laughs> his name Agu, fine. Agudelo. I don't say it like that. I say his it, name. I, all fine. I gotta say, listen, I, I don't know what Juan I don't know what Juan Agudelo is going to do next, but if Juan Agudelo somehow ends up on the Seattle Sounders, and and, and it could be Agudelo and Obafemi Martins. Then your head might explode. Having, I have, said, having to talk about. It. <laughs> I said Obafemi Martins' name correct. <laughs> it took you months to figure it out. That's man. not true. It's Obi. my it's my, it's my it's my Phoenix accent. We have a, we Obi. have a very distinct accent here in Phoenix. Obi Wan Kenobi Martins. I don't I don't get why you're dogging on me. I mean I don't make fun of your Jersey accent. You shouldn't be I'm making ca- fun of my Phoenix I, accent. I, I, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a jersey. I know you don't. You don't have a jersey accent at all. <laughs> I you know. I actually have. You know. I have an accent, but I hide it well on the show. I, what? That's I, not I true. Know. I've You're, seen you out. You don't have an accent. Yeah, we haven't. We've you just, you just, you times. just, you just walk around like you're a bouncer at a bar, and you're like, no one touch me, no one mess with me. <laughs> and trust me, I swear, I, I someone who knows you, please comment, and you will agree with me 100 percent on that one. What does that even mean? Okay, first of all, we haven't hung out that we haven't hung out that many times for uh, for you to. We hung we hung out enough. We we, we need to hang out a bit more. So well, we we got the MLS Cup coming in December when uh, when hopefully uh, LA hosts it, so I can wear a t shirt and shorts the whole entire time. Oh God, don't do that, dude! come on, man! It can't be anywhere cold again. That was miserable. I agree. I agree. I wouldn't. And 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 I think I got to say that I'll say this to 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 listeners because I was getting some grief when I was. Uh, talk uh, talking about last year's um, two days ago, I think it was on Twitter. I made a point like because uh, I had heard that the the MLS Cup MLS Cup final is probably going to be the it, it's definitely going to be now the weekend of the sixth and seventh. I had heard this a month back. I had heard this Sunday, December seventh. So it's not it's not official yet. MLS hasn't announced it yet. But now with reports of, with, now with the ex, with the expansion uh, draft uh, being set for uh, the the two day the day after that the two days after that. It's clear MLS Cup's going to be that weekend, but I made the point that you know hopefully it's not it's not as cold as it was last year, and I think some people took it as to say I don't want it in KC. I, I I have no I don't care where it is. I just hope wherever it is, it's not two degrees like it was last year. I know it was a bit of an anomaly just how cold it got last year in KC, but 
Uh, if it is in LA and if it's in nice weather, do not show up in flip flops. That's all I'm asking you. Wait, 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 wait. The MLS Cup final is possibly December sixth, seventh weekend. I don't know if I can make it now. Why? It's my girlfriend's thirtieth birthday, dude. I, like, girls, why would you tell everybody your Cause, cause age? Because girls, because girls go crazy when they turn thirty, and like, I have to be there for it. Oh my god, I got, I, I, I got to do some work. You, here. you're not gonna be there because you're gonna still be in the hospital from the beating she's gonna put on you for telling our entire list, uh, like our listener base, how old she is. No, come on. Women are very sen- women. I'm telling you, women are sensitive about their that's, age. That's, so, just- that's that's the that is one of the stat. I think that's All stupid. Right. All right, you're about to find out how stupid it is. She doesn't even listen to the show, and no one's going to tell her. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What be you, sure what you, what you, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. See now you're, you're like, now I'm thinking. I'm like, crap. Was rewind, I, is, rewind, I'm, rewind, delete. <laughs> no, I'm not deleting that. Now I'm thinking. Like, are you going to reach out to her and be like, hey, by the way, uh, listen, listen to listen to minute fifty one of the show. Just I wouldn't do that. that. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I only do that when you talk about your crack crack problem. How's <laughs> <laughs> that go? Actually, you know what's funny? I gotta say, I, I I can't help but wonder if some people were wondering if you had gone into into. Oh, you know, you're so uh, stupid! You're so, you're <laughs> if you had, you know, we had a <laughs> we we had to send them to a treatment facility. People have for, people for who miss, that, the truth people is coming who out. That show have have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, I am kidding, folks. No, he's Garrett not. Does he's not Garrett does not have a cracked problem. I have I have a cracked pepper sunflower seed problem. <laughs> I chew those nonstop. It's probably horrible for my teeth, but I, I cannot stop it. The rumors are not true. He was not in. He was not in treatment. He was not in treatment. There was no. <laughs> we didn't have an intervention. Nor nor did I get lost walking to the gas station to buy to buy more crack. He still ha- <laughs> he still has he still has all his teeth. I think he's okay. Yes, yeah, I do. I went to the but dentist. See, this is why this is even out. more reason why you can't show up at MLS Cup in flip flops and shorts and t shirt if it's in LA because they're gonna people are gonna see you and they're like, Oh man, he really is a crackhead. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? You can't show up looking like the big Lebowski, you know, like in in your mm, like I like that. See, but I don't so. like white Russians, so I feel like he can't then complete you can't complete that that you know, that ensemble. Big Lebowski, great movie though. I know. It's great, great movie. movie. It is a great movie. And now it's SBI Q&A time. Remember, you can always send, submit your questions on Twitter using hashtag AskTheSBIShow at any time. First question comes from Weston John. Will the Fort Lauderdale striker survive once MLS Miami launches? Well, apparently they will because they just uh, literally just minutes ago announced uh, new owners stepping in, uh, some deep-pocketed millionaires uh, ready to buy in and help prop up that club, which had really st- struggled under the ownership of traffic sports for those who haven't really followed that, that team and that league and the N- and NASL closely, uh, the strikers are owned by traffic sports, traffic sports really tried to uh, use that team to kind of uh, park players and move players to Europe and, and, and try to make it kind of a clearinghouse for, for third party ownership. And it really did. The investment didn't really work out for them. Uh, the players that they, that they did manage to sign didn't really, uh, produce the uh, the return that they probably would have hoped, and and, and they ended up uh, cutting back quite a bit, uh, spending less and less, and, and and I think the team probably paid the price for that. But now they have new owners coming in with with some money, serious money, and you'd like to see that you know hopefully they become a, a, another force in in the NASL, and NASL is doing great. It's it's a kind of a quiet quiet uh, thing going on for those who don't follow NASL, but NASL is growing. Uh, it's it's ownership base is is growing and and it's it's not going anywhere. It's great to see and I know the pro rel truthers are always blaming MLS uh, for NASL's woes and you know there's something to be said for that. But having said that, 
there is no reason that even if NASL isn't a, a, a official first division league in, a, in America, that NASL can't thrive. NASL absolutely can thrive. They have owners. More, they're getting more and more owners who have the financial wherewithal to uh, to make some things happen. And and as we see more of that, it's going to be great to see a nice battle between NASL and MLS and MLS for players. Uh, it has to be said because you know when you start thinking about the monopoly that MLS has on things like college players, international players, NASL. The more owners, the more millionaire owners they start bringing in. And the fact that they don't have to play by these single entity rules, these salary cap rules, they can start going after more and more players and really start challenging MLS. And I'm telling you what, that's going to be great for for American soccer to have that, to have that competition. Uh, you know, unfortunately, promotion relegation isn't going to happen anytime soon. But at least if you can have NASL compete financially on some level with MLS, I think it's great for both leagues. Uh, well, speaking of that, Craig Tower asks, the MLS rebrand seems to say a lot about the future of Major League Soccer single entity structure and the pro relegation debate. Any thoughts? Well, I mean, you did elaborate on that. but We already know. and it, Promotion and relegation is not happening anytime soon, if ever. And uh, MLS is moving on in that in that direction. They're moving on in that down that road. Uh, of being a closed league and you know uh, as much as people have issues with that as much as yes it, there, there are there are issues with that um it, it's the mls is trying to make it work and there's and, and there's been obviously positive growth in the league it's not a perfect league it still has some serious issues that need to work out like player development um so we'll we'll see what happens but promote promotion and relegation is not happening and i wish it i i would love to see it but i think People need to, you know, just kind of like move on from it. Obviously, the people who are really, really adamant about promotion relegation are not going to just say, "Okay, we we're not going to talk about it anymore." And you have to respect that. People are going to be adamant about it and 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 fight for their their their, their what they believe in on it. And and that you know, there are obviously a lot of people who believe that it be, that the lack of promotion and relegation is the cause to a lot of issues in this country, uh, especially uh, player develop player development. But you know what? It's not changing, folks. So, uh, you know, uh, some people want to keep beating their heads against the wall about it. It's not going to change. Uh, does Bob Bradley have a realistic chance to take over at Fulham? <laughs> <laughs> full ham and cheese. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Get, Garrett, just for the record, Garrett is kidding. He knows how to say Fulham. <laughs> I just uh, I just can't say Birmingham correctly. <laughs> Bur- yeah, yeah, Birmingham. He, 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 he's got Tottenham down. He's got Fulham down. I, I did he, find he, that funny after I said that. I'm like, I know how to say Fulham, Tottenham, and then like Birmingham. I- <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, well, there is a Birmingham in America, so that's why it's a little maybe, different. Maybe that's what threw me off. Bob Bradley, <laughs> I, I don't see Bob Bradley getting the Fulham job. I think it would be great if he did, but um, I, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. Uh, what's in your opinion? What's more important for Real Salt Lake re-signing Garth Lagerway or establishing their USL Pro team? I think it's got it's got it's not even a question. Garth, Garth Lagerway, Garth Lagerway is the is the best GM in MLS, and he's a guy who you know for my money, you know, say what you want about players who might be out of contract. Uh, the biggest free agent in, ML, in MLS is Garth Lagerway. He's a guy who he's out of contract this off season, and he and he wherever he ends up. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do. I agree 100% with you on that one. Uh, JC asks, admitted after Thursday's reveal, you have logo envy, right? <laughs> no, hey, listen, our our logo, the SBI logo, I, I and I'm biased, I think we have a great logo. I love our logo. Our new logo is, is pretty big time. And, uh, you know, 
quiet as it's kept, the guy who, who, who created our current logo also created the old MLS logo. And I know some people aren't fans of the old MLS logo, but uh, it had some personality to it. It had its, its, its issues. It kind of grew on you. And I know some people are gonna miss the old logo because you know you just you, when you grow you grew up with it like like even if, as like you're a kid you grow up watching shows even even though when you get become an adult and you look back and you watch the shows again you're like man this this is cheesy stuff but I enjoyed it when I was younger and it just kind of became a part of my my childhood and I think some people are gonna look at the the old MLS logo and think that they're gonna look at it and have fond memories of the first two decades of the league. Uh, Matthew Johnson asks, is DC United Steve Birnbaum a legitimate rookie of the year candidate? Uh, he's a little bit of late. He's, he's late in the game. Um, because, you know, when it comes, defenders have won ML, uh, MLS rookie of the year before, but it's usually guys who are starting from day one, 25 to 30 starts, uh, anchoring their defense. In those kind of situations, yes, you can absolutely win rookie of the year. Steve Birnbaum, as great as he's been for DC, uh, he came. He, you know, he didn't get into the lineup until middle the middle of the season. Uh, he's doing excellent, as I thought he would. I mean, I really, you know, he. It, we said it coming into the season. Uh, I, I said it coming into the draft that that he was probably the most pro ready of the players in the draft, uh, and and that's kind of it's kind of looking that way. I mean, obviously Texio Akindele has been out, outstanding as well, um, but no rookie of the year. It's gonna it's 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 between Akindele and, and Harrison Ship. Uh, Harrison Ship has obviously faded a bit the, la- the, la- the last month or so, and 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 Akindeli's kind of nudged ahead of him right now. It's going to really come down to this last six weeks and who can really make the big make the biggest case. But if you're a center back, that you gotta be you gotta be starting all year, and you have to uh, if, to, to have a chance. And I, I think Birnbaum kind of missed that. Uh, next question comes from Empire of Soccer. How much joy did you take in Ryan Tomlich's beating a uh, win over Franco? <laughs> in FIFA, yes, yeah, in FIFA. <laughs> uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit because uh, for those who don't know, Franco Panizo fa- <coughs> fancies himself as a bit of a FIFA expert ringer slash uh, professional player. Um, and uh, and Ryan Tolmich, who's our our managing editor for SBI, uh, I liked his chances, if only because he just graduated uh, college from UConn. So he just graduated. He just finished be- being a college kid who spends ten hours a day playing FIFA, and I think I think now Franco realizes that hey, these kids have way too much time on their hands. He is no longer that kid who just came out of school and 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 was the master of the game. Uh, I, I I wish I had time to play FIFA. I'm kind of jealous. I gotta I, I gotta say I wish I wish I had time to just sit sit down and veg out and play play FIFA. Uh, I can't remember the last time I sat down and played a video game. It's it, 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 I kind of miss it, man. I got my kid. I, every day I'm watching my kids play all these million video games that they have, and I'm like, man, I would love to just sit down and play some Call of Duty, play some FIFA, play some Civilization, which I haven't played in a decade. Uh, but you know what? It is what it is. We're all grown up, and uh, you know we we, we have to do uh, stick to grown up things. We have our fun at events like last night's FIFA launch party. In New York City, which was a great time. Uh, Clint Dempsey uh, showing off his rapping skills, and I know people kill him and say, "Oh, he's he's not that good." And look, no one's saying he's you know, no one's saying he's Jay Z, but I mean, as a soccer player, <coughs> he's not that he's not that bad. I was actually I thought I thought he was better than I thought he'd be. Uh, what, what, I mean, they only did one song, had a pretty good beat to it. I'd listen to it. I'd play it in my car, and I thought Clint, Clint was pretty good considering. I mean, hey. 
what do you you know he's already you know one of the best soccer players american soccer players of all time you do you want him you expect him to also be one of the best rappers no but it, it, he's He's better than you'd think. That's a, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I beat Franco once in FIFA, and he took it very, very personal. So <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he ordered the immediate rematch, and I thought it was hilarious that he, yes, he, he did. Ordered, he ordered the immediate rematch against Ryan Tolmich, and then lost again. <laughs> and then later, in the, and then later in the evening, he played him again, and he lost again. So credit to Ryan Tolmich; he removed all doubt. When you lose to somebody three times, it's pretty much a wrap. I, I dude, I, I love this right now. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. But yeah. Uh, listen, I, w- I wish you would have been there. The party—it was a great party. You had a uh, obviously uh, some MLS glitterati in the house. The Seattle Sounders were there. Uh, Maurice Sadu was there from the Union. Uh, Tim Cahill from the Red Bulls and Bradley Wright Phillips from the Red Bulls. Uh, Kwame Darko, the uh, rapper slash former uh, Maryland college soccer player, was there. He's uh, if you don't know who Kwame Darko is, he's a pretty good up and coming rapper who uh, uh, had a pretty good song, uh, MLS theme song that. Uh, you might want to look up on YouTube, but uh, it was a great crowd, great party, and credit to MLS. Listen, I might not, I might not be a fan of the logo, but they do know how to throw a party. Uh, next question comes from Joe Tumba. What do you think about U.S. soccer allowing Hope Solo to play despite her domestic abuse investigation? Well, I'd say this: the NFL is obviously uh, trying to do damage control with the, with their situation, and they're clearing the decks of all players that have issues going on, but. Uh, clearly, U.S. Soccer has chosen to to, to back Hope Solo, uh, and you know they, they're standing by the old the old idea of innocent until proven guilty, and and I don't I don't really see the problem there. Uh, obviously, the NFL they have a lot to answer for because of the Ray Rice situation, so they have to kind of do damage control. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's up to it, it's I, I don't know if you can necessarily uh, criticize U.S. Soccer for letting Hope Solo play because she has not been convicted of anything. She is not. Uh, and it's un- you know it's unfortunate that that the situation is even uh, going on right now and uh, lord knows hope solo is not like a squeaky clean uh personality when we want to talk about uh her 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 track record but at the same time it's she's innocent until proven guilty and and i, I don't know if anyone can be too hard on on u.s soccer for letting her play uh please tell the usually male i'm sorry this is from sam tegan please tell the usually male players that their likes on instagram are public and a bit embarrassing yeah you know <laughs> it, it, I, I i yeah i mean i i, I don't know I, it's a fair point it's a fair point uh instagram twitter I mean, it is pretty funny seeing uh, seeing situations where uh, you know you, you got players who are following uh, <laughs> long lists of porn stars. I mean, I remember <laughs> I remember looking through uh, l- looking through. I forget. I'm not going to say who the player no, was. You don't need to a, name names. No, but there was this young. There was a young player, like a U. It was like a U17 or U20 U.S. national team player. Now, I I, I try not to. I don't. Generally speaking, I don't follow uh players unless they're in college or above or, or, or mls uh but i i think someone another writer who who shall remain nameless who, who does follow these kids uh i think he made a mention to somebody so i started looking at looking at some of these players and they're like following like porn stars left and right yeah. it's like you know people can see this right like what is going on as far as the instagram thing instagram is so funny because you know you can check out girls and hey I'm no say I'm not saying I'm following porn stars, but you know, there's some fitness models in my uh, list of follows. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna that, that's, that's <laughs> everyone's, everyone's gonna look you up now for this. Oh yeah, check. Hey, feel free to look. And yeah, feel free to follow. Good recommendations. <laughs> you know, that's all. Nah, it's all, nah. I don't see. I don't like the girls that you follow. 
that's all well and good. But look, uh, you know what? It's a we're, we're, it, guy. It, guys are guys, right? It, it, who, who, if guys want to look at attractive women, then then what's the problem, right? But but it, it, there is kind of that slippery slope because if you're following porn stars, then it's kind of like wow, like this is a little sketchy. Uh, but it is funny, man, just, just seeing guys, uh, some of the lists and some of the follows and yeah. some of the likes and. You know, I <laughs> I, I rarely <laughs> like things like uh, on Instagram, uh, but it is funny. Like you'll be you'll just kind of be sifting through photos, and you'll like accidentally like something. It's like, oh my god, I don't want to be liking that. Let me unlike it, and then it's like, <laughs> so it's uh, just be careful if you're a player, especially a young player, and you're yes doing your thing on Instagram. People are watching you. It doesn't matter how 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 you might think you're not that known or you're unknown or you're below the radar. There's always somebody watching. Everything you're doing, everything you're following, it, it's just how it is. So if you're going to be on Instagram, you're going to be on Twitter, just just watch yourself. That's it. I, I, told, I, did. I told that to the boys at the academy all the time. I go, you guys may not think it, but college coaches are looking you up on Twitter, Instagram. I mean, not just fans too. I mean, it's it's so easy to look people up for that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Be, yeah it, be, if you're right. a player, be careful. Don't be stupid. It, it, yeah, I mean, if you if you have to follow porn stars, then I mean, then don't be then, putting, then, don't then, use your real name. Yeah, don't create use a real secret name. account. It's, it's, oh, really? Is that what you do, Garrett? Nice. Oh, you're so you're so I, stupid. I, I, I'm glad you said it because I was gonna say it. I knew you were gonna say, say that. All right, <laughs> so that was Garrett's idea. Last question from Raul: Gladiator or Braveheart? Uh, Gladiator, man, all day, all day. I mean, Braveheart's a good movie, but Gladiator's just. It's just something, something else. Yeah, I'll go with Gladiator with you on that one. Yes, sir. Braveheart is good, though. The final scene of Braveheart is a little, little intense sometimes, though. No, it's a good book. When, when he's both. getting drawn and quartered. Yeah, yeah. It's, a little, it's. I mean, both of them have a pretty sad, not to spoil 20-year-old movies, but, you know, they both have pretty sad endings, and it is what it is, but uh, good stuff. Boom. Well, Ivis, that wraps up today's SBI show. We covered a lot for not having a show in about a year. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, and yes, we apologize. It's another long show. This is inevitable since we 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 obviously took a week off. We had to catch up on a lot of stuff. I did I had I did meet uh, some listeners last night at the party, and I did have a few people tell me, "Oh, hey, you know what's with the long shows? You got to cut it down. It doesn't fit into my commute, and my run, blah blah blah." Yes, well, then, we, then work out more and make sure your commute's right, longer. Exactly, then. exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, right? Uh, but look, we going forward. Hopefully, we can start cutting it down to an hour. For, we're going to shoot for that forty-five minute to an hour sweet spot. Hopefully, we can make that happen. God, the fact that people listen to my voice while working out—that must make them want to work out more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, we are we already know Alexi. Alexi listens to the show while he works out, so uh, you know that's it, what they, they they must be running away from my voice. You know, they're on the yeah. treadmill. <laughs> like, oh, there's Garrett, run faster. They just get angry as they listen to you, so then they start running faster. Yeah, I, hey, maybe I should start launching my own fitness stuff. Yeah, settle down. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Ivis, I'll let you go. You enjoy the weekend, and uh, look, we let's try to have a show on Monday morning. All right, Sunday night, Monday morning, we will have a show. All right, buddy. Well, you enjoy your weekend, man. Try not to get elbowed in the face again, and we'll be all right. I won't. I'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you later. As always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. If you can, let's throw us in. Ivis and I review on iTunes. We appreciate your comments on the website as well. We will be back.
Okay.